Hello, people, and welcome to the Bundesliga Review Show. Show myself, myself Gav Mack and Alex Osborne. How are you, dude? I'm very well, thank you very much, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wake up, if I'm honest with you, uh, because Sunday's <laughs> games weren't the, weren't the greatest games in the, in the Bundesliga game day 30 review. <laughs> they, it was a slog to get through. I, I know we've tried to uh, and talk about how German football is entertaining, and it usually is, but today was not one of those days. It's You're very true, very true. It's the two at top Bundesliga review show, um, as I said, with myself, Gav Mack and Alex Osborne. Flo Wolfram will be joining us later on during the show um, at one point, and then we'll be sticking with us throughout the whole show, which is fantastic stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, we are sponsored by uh, DC Music Services and in association with Macau Sports Bar and Grill in New York City. Now, on today's show, on game day 30, we'll be talking about Leipzig's poor home form as that continues. Um, four draws in the last five, uh, sorry, five draws in the last six games at home. Now. They really can't pick up, pick up results. On the in in the home games, uh, a vital win for Mainz this week uh, in the in the uh, battle for their survival, and we'll be also talking about the midweek uh, fixtures that will be happening this week in the Pokal. But um, we're going to start with the games today. Um, the first game, well, the game that we've just seen most recently, being Augsburg one, uh, Cologne one. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game, Alex? Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a game where very little happened. Uh, Augsburg potentially might feel a little bit aggrieved because they had the clear, they had the better of the little chance that they had in the first half, and it, it appears when 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 Clone went ahead with Anthony Modest with his second goal in as, in as many weeks. Also, both goals very good. Um, mm. It appeared that they'd uh, blown their chance, and you could tell from the keeper's reaction he was very uh, passionate about it because he was he threw his arms up, he he, he was blaming the defenders in front of him, uh, etc. But uh, they were a bit like London buses in that game, the goals because when one came, another one soon followed pretty much straight away. So uh, yeah, yeah, very true. I'm going to talk about the beginning of the game, but before we come on, Alex, if you just tip your camera a little bit because you're quite low yeah. down. And then I can see your handsome round head. There you go. Lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, the game at the beginning, it, it was Schmitz who, who confused me a hell of a lot because he got booked on 15 minutes. And I was thinking, that's a really dumb, dumb challenge to make. And he's going to have to walk a very tight line for the rest of the game. And on 24, 24 minutes, minutes, he made a tackle, tackle which is definitely worthy of a yellow card. And he wasn't given one. And in fact, it was Mark Oot who got a, a, a yellow card for his protesting, which I was thinking is nothing to do with you, Markoot. So you need to just, you know, get away with it. But in the end, the manager ended up hauling him off. <laughs> and it's like they knew. It's like, it's, it's like they knew what was going to happen. So, yeah, off he comes on 27 minutes. But then there was a penalty a few moments later. Um, Timo Horn taking, taking your man out. And um, um, Nida Lechner decided to take the penalty. He, he put a lot of power into it. He didn't really drill it into the corner, but he put a lot of power into it and some absolute concrete wrists from Timo Horn to, to save that. I thought it was a really good save. What did you think? Good, Yeah, good save. And was it, they, they were talking about the stat at half-time that Timo Horn had the most touches by any Cologne player in that first half. They mentioned that quite a few times. 
just to emphasize the point of how maybe unadventurous Cologne had been in the game up to that point. Mm. But yeah, it was, um, that was a strange way it went about it with the Oots. I think I said his name. Yeah, there, didn't yeah. I? Mark uh, uh, and then the, uh, obviously the penalty then going uh, as it was, which was really, really strange. They made that judge. They made that uh, substitution quite early, didn't they? So, mm. but you know, uh, outside of that, obviously you've got the two goals and can I just, can we just talk about Anthony Mates technique on his volley there? Because oh, those, Jesus, those, yes. are the types, those are the types of volleys that, even if you get it slightly wrong, they are going. Oh, they're, they're still rising. They're, they're, yeah, they exactly. Yeah, they're the kind of that you, you they, they they carry on going up and up and up and up and up. But he struck that sweetly with power, accuracy, and he kept the ball down. Brilliant strike, I thought. I don't think he really gets the um, the praise that he deserves. You know, I thought you're right. The technique of that is world-class technique because there's so many different elements and aspects that you need to put into that to to one find the target and two actually put it in the back of the net so yeah you're mm-hmm. damn right on that um that's game over isn't it as far as i'm concerned yep. it's 85 yep. minutes on the clock it's game over but no uh max thought otherwise it was a lovely cross to be fair and it's the only time that that timo timo horn really had anything to do other than the penalty so I feel a bit aggrieved for him. I'm not going to lie, but it was it was a great it was a great strike in the end. It was, um, and uh, yeah, it finished one all. Um, and they're they're pretty much I would say that was fair fair reflection of the game. Mm. Neither team did enough to win, but neither team did enough to lose. Yeah, I I I, I can't help but agree with you there. Um, another game that happened today. It was a lovely, fantastic game of football. <laughs> really enjoyed it. You could probably tell in my voice that I'm lying. Uh, and that was Union Berlin 1, Schalke 1. Uh, goals from Andrich after 15 minutes and John Joe Kenny on, on 28 minutes. Um, Union Berlin in that game started off on the front foot. And it doesn't really surprise me that they did because Schalke's form has been absolutely toilet since the turn of the year not just since the restart they are very lucky and i've mentioned it already in the last few weeks of doing the bundesliga show that they are very lucky that their early season form got them enough points at one point they were on the same amount of points as dortmund can you believe that Mm. in november and and dortmund were knocking around at the top but since then since christmas schalke have been on an absolute plummet They've, it's. I think it's coincided, as Flo mentioned a few weeks ago, with the uh, whole goalkeeper situation. Um, I, can't, I can't remember how you pronounce his name. I've got it here in front of me, and I still Newbell. Is it? Newbell. That's it? Is yeah. that, if you just got the umlauts above the U. I don't know if that means you pronounce it's e- the U. Yes, elongated the U a bit, so Newbell. Newbell. Okay, right. So um, he got brought back in. Now, which said to me that there was two things. One uh, that. David Wagner is actually a little bit concerned about his position as manager at Schalke because he has to he be. Wasn't, yeah, because if he wasn't concerned, he would carry on playing the goalkeeper that he had been playing. Because in my mind, it would be logical because he's leaving, so we've got to try and build our uh, uh, for our future without that goalkeeper. You know, yeah. there's no point in playing a goalkeeper who's got 
max five games left, four games left with that team. So you might as well try and build up a fam- familiarity with your defenders in front of them. Yeah. So to me, that says that David, David Wagner is actually worried about his position, as he rightly should be, because Schalke at the moment are in free fall. It's relegation form. They are so lucky. They, they, I think, uh, well, in it fact, I've, I've got a copy of the table just here. Um, we're going to be referring to the table quite a lot um, as, as the show continues. However... Um, Schalke are currently in 10th place at the moment. They're on 38 points. They are 10 points clear of Dusseldorf in They're the ten. relegation playoff position. So they are very, very lucky and they should count themselves very I mean, thankful not, that they... It's not mathematically, it's not mathematically safe. But yeah, Dusseldorf would have to win there, every yeah. single... Yeah, Dusseldorf would have to win every single game between... Well, for their well, remaining four games. Dusseldorf, there's teams in between them. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the chances so are that even, even though it's not mathematically safe, they are safe. But yeah, you're right. They haven't won a game since the break. Uh, since they've come back from the break, they've won. Have they lost every game? Or they've drawn? I think they've Did drawn they draw one. one? I think um, they've drawn one. But that's still not good. That's like one, like one, well, one slash zero points from a possible twelve. You know, that's not good form. At all, and yeah, they are they they should really count themselves lucky about about how they've yeah. been able to conduct themselves because they just haven't performed whatsoever. I mean, like the strike, we'll talk like we'll talk about John Joe Kenny's goal. He's taken that very well. Yeah, but he has. They, um, they, I they, mean, he, he did show he did show a glimmer, of potential maybe when he was at Everton, but what are Everton? What are Everton? <laughs> I know how, how, much, I was say how much you're dying for that to uh, oh, get going oh, oh, again uh, okay. when the league starts again. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 he's still a quite he's still quite young player. But I would I would start to fear for him if he doesn't sort of come back to the Premier League or start progressing more in the next year or so because players kind of develop all of their technique. By the time it's like their early twenties, the only reason they get better is because experience and they know what to do in certain situations. Mm. That, that that's how they then improve. But yeah, um, I, I I would just keep an eye on John Joe Kenny um, there, uh, especially if he can uh, uh, improve. What I was going to say, actually, going back to goalkeeper for a quick second before we go on any further, is the second thing out of those two things I mentioned is that they're clearly going to be looking at a goalkeeper in the summer um, because. As I say, they bring back the goalkeepers leaving for Bayern, and clearly says they're a reserve goalkeeper. Unfortunately, mate, you're not you're not making the grade here. So well, we're going to get a, you. There was a little. I, I don't know. Where, I don't know how much to believe of it, but in the commentary uh, via BT Sport, that's how we're able to watch all all the live games of of the Bundesliga since the return. They were talking about Ulreich, the current number two at at Bayern, because I can't imagine him hanging around. So it might be. Right. Uh, it might be like a, a suitable like move, a for, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to go there because he's not a bad number two, and he's definitely not going to be number two next season. He's more likely going to be number three, or going to have to think about moving on. So, yeah. for, if if Ulrich then goes to Schalke, Schalke really needs to look at a new manager. Schalke also, you know, they've made mistakes. They've made big mistakes. You know, they let Marku go. They they let Bentaleb go. You know, so they they they're pretty 
thin, you know, as they only named six substitutes or seven substitutes today as well. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw that. Their bench was, uh, yeah, uh, less numbers on theirs than, um, oh God, if they play Union Berlin. Instead of being that, you could use five substitutes as well. I don't think. Yeah, it's not looking great for them. Um, but that's where that ended. That ended one apiece. It wasn't the greatest game. Um, and the other game that was played today was in uh, uh, Werder Bremen. Uh, I'm just going to get the graphic up for that. Bear two seconds. There we go. Uh, Werder Bremen nil. Uh, Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg, and um, Flo and, has um, Flo just joined. Has just so, joined. It's so it's perfect timing to invite, to invite Flo, Flo from on to the show. Bear me two seconds, Flo, and, and I'll get you in, in shot. shot. Where, Where are you, bud? There you are. are. Welcome, Flo. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show. show. How are you getting on? Great to see you guys. I'm fine. I hope you too. Welcome down, welcome down. You've just come just towards the end of our Sunday review and uh, we're going to talk about Werder Bremen, which is perfect because we can actually lead into that um, about Bremen during the week as well. But to first off, to, let's talk about today's game. It's not going to take very long. Werder Bremen nil, Wolfsburg won, Weghorst scored with eight minutes to go. It wasn't a very good game either. It wasn't... Look, today's games were not the advert for Bundesliga football. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Today's games were uh, very hard to watch and I was really surprised when there were at least some goals at the end like in Bremen or in uh, Augsburg just recently. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll be thankful, Flo, that we've actually covered the Augsburg game and oh, yeah. the Union Berlin game as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and let's, let's, not, let's not dwell on this game too much either because it cost me a quid. So, um, OK, let's let's, I'll tell you what, let's move on from there <laughs> and let's talk about Werder Bremen from during the week. Uh, I will Bremen... actually say, though, before you do go any further, I was surprised that they started bitting court on the bench for this game. Oh, yeah, it, oh, it's, no. struggling. it's struggling with an injury, so they don't uh, want to waste him towards the end of the season. So, uh, and we'll talk about that in a couple of moments. So, Werner uh, Bremen nil, um, Eintracht Frankfurt three. That's the game from during the week. At half-time, it was nil-nil. We thought it was going to be one of those another drab games, but then Eintracht Frankfurt found something. Um, my favourite player in the history of mankind, Andre Silva, scored on the hour mark. Um, <laughs> Consistently making you uh, eat your words again. He's making yeah. me feel sick, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> but prior to that, that was on the hour mark. But just before that, um, Core thought he scored on 58 minutes. He was slightly offside, but to be fair, if it wasn't going to be disallowed for that, it would have been disallowed for the handball because there was a slight handball by Torre uh, as the ball was going through. And I don't think it's handball, but in the, the way the laws of the game are nowadays, they would have given that. Um, but then, yeah, Kostic with a lovely cross. Uh, Andre Silva made it 1-0. And then, Ilsanka. Ilsanka reminded me of Arsenal versus Tottenham when Nicholas Bentner came off the bench and scored with his first touch of the game. I think it might actually be a record, Bentner's one, where he's scored 1.8 seconds after the restart of entering the game. Is, and that, is that the game where he comes on the pitch and he just carries on running and he doesn't stop running as the, goal, as the corner's taken but and he just carries Running, leaps up in the air, gets header, and then runs off celebrating as well. And he hasn't actually even stood still. Lord Bentner, I'm sure, I'm sure that was Lord, one. It's the same game. It's the same game. It's a very yeah. similar situation uh, with Osanka. His first touch, four seconds. Of, I didn't get a, a stopwatch out. I'm not going to lie, but um, I just looked at the little time in the corner. Four seconds. 
after the introduction and the and the whistle comes through, it was awful defending from from uh, Werder Bremen, which we're not really shocked about. And yeah, there he was. The ball just bounced at his feet, and he, he nods it in. Um, and then the third goal, just on the on the stroke of uh, of full time, Jonathan Guzman's free kick finds Il Sanka again. So he's come off the bench. It's bag two. But I was want to um, draw your attention, boys, to the remaining fixtures for Werder Bremen. So next Saturday they've got Paderborn, who are bottom. Um, the on the Tuesday they uh, on Tuesday sixteenth of June, it's Bremen at home to Bayern, which Bayern can lift the title that day. Um, and then they've got Mainz away. And then they've got Cologne at home on the last day of the season. So it's, you know, three teams in and around them. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to I'm gonna come to Alex first. Um, Alex, what do you think your what what do you think is gonna happen with with Bremen? Do you think that they'll be able to survive? So, um I don't know what the laws are in Germany. I know you've got was it the fair play or the the, the law in this game in this country where it's like you have to be seen to be playing the best team uh, every game but if there isn't such a uh, or a sportsman law or unwritten law then if I was Werder Bremen I would be going hammering at all those three other games other than a Bayern game and I would just I would just throw that game against Bayern and not that they're going to win it anyway I'm not, not uh, that. it would be tough for them to win that game anyway but Paderborn, Mines and Cole, those are three all-winnable games for the Bremen and they definitely have a chance. I, 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 I would give them a pretty decent chance of winning all three of those games. Uh, Flo, what do you think? I think basically the same, as Alex already pointed out. And I think it's important to watch at the uh, other fixtures for the teams around Bremen, like Dusseldorf and Mines. They both have to play against Dortmund, Leipzig or Leverkusen. So they have two tough matches against the uh, top five teams. And Bremen has only the one match against Munich. You can forget that match. They will uh, get pretty beat. They will be beaten up no matter with what squad they play. Mm. But uh, as Alex said, the three matches against Paderborn, Mainz and uh, Cologne are absolutely winnable. And um, I can imagine that uh, Bremen could be successful for finishing like 16th and then uh, playing in a playoff match against the third from the second league. It's not going to be easy though. It's like you got either Dresden, uh, like Dresden are, are, are right, aren't they? It's more going to be looking like um, Hamburg or, or Stuttgart. <laughs> That's not easy. I'm, I'm afraid that uh, it could be Hamburg. It's like, it would absolutely fit. I have to admit, my, my father's a real Hamburg fan. He, he loves the cl uh, this club. Because he loved Kevin Keegan when he was a child, and Kevin Keegan changed to Hamburg. Oh wow! Yeah, and Bremen and Hamburg yeah, yeah. are the biggest two rivals in the in the north. And you know, if you have this match as a playoff match, there will uh, definitely be riots around the matches because uh, it's so <laughs> sparks will and, fly. And, you know, all the uh, the corona measures won't be uh, taken care of outside the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, imagine that, that there won't be any good press. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it correct, uh, Flo, that Werder Bremen have never been relegated from the Bundesliga? No, they've been relegated once. And it yes. was 14... In the 60s. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it's about 40 or, or 50 years ago. They've been relegated once, they've been promoted once. They've been, I, th I think, I think yeah, it's been 39 years 
on the spin since they've been in the Bundesliga. So they're ever-present. They last won the title in 2003-04 in season. They got to the UEFA Cup final in 2009 and they had some wonderful players there, Mesut Ertz being uh, one of them. Rem remarkable semi-final, maybe we were just talking about Hamburg because in this year they had four matches against Hamburg and those matches were Cup semi-final, UEFA Cup semi-final and in the league battle for champion, well, second against third, something like that. And they wow. uh, ruined everything for Hamburg. Mm -hmm. And the UEFA Cup semi-final because uh, a ball of paper was thrown on the pitch by a Hamburg fan from a choreo before the match. A defender slipped on uh, on that ball. Raymond got a corner and took the corner for the deciding 3-1 goal and won in Hamburg and uh, qualified for the final. So this was a huge... Wow, wow, wow. wow, wow, wow. There, you, there go. you go. Um, um, it's, it's all going, going down, down in Deutschland. Deutschland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, one thing that will have an effect on what happens on what happened to Bremen to Bremen is might and might upset a lot of people on the betting slips yesterday um, with um, a 2-0 win, win away to Frankfurt nobody, nobody expected that, that. Um, Nia Kate um, with a goal just before half time and um, Kunde Malong um, just towards towards the end of the game with 13 minutes to go how important Flo is that win for Mainz in their battle for uh, survival This win was uh, massively important because they now have a little bit uh, air to catch, air to breathe in the um, battle for relegation. It was uh, they have I don't know six points to Bremen now, three points to Düsseldorf because uh, Düsseldorf is simply too too silly to win their matches in the, mm. in the last uh, couple of months, and this is a very good position for them to maintain. I I I believe that they are, they are able to 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 keep being in the Bundesliga. Yeah, um, Alex, you know, um, well, the first goal was the Nia Kate header. The second goal just showed Kunde Malong with the strength again, like he showed against Cologne. He's, I, I really like Kunde, and I think someone like him could play for a decent side in like a top 10 Premier League side. I mean, like, um, I imagine your knowledge on him isn't going to be as extensive, but in the, since the since the restart in particular, what are your thoughts of of, of Kunde, Alex? Uh, he's I would describe him as, as somebody who's a very direct runner. So mm. he's not, uh, and he's always I, I've found that he's always looking to progress the play now. There's one thing that annoys me most about football players, especially midfielders, is when they find themselves in a little bit of space, a pocket of space, and the first thing that they always do is that they will look backwards and they'll play the ball backwards or they'll play the ball sideways. Jorginho and syndrome. It, it frustrates me greatly because in those situations, players should always be looking to progress the play, yeah. looking to go forwards. And... To me, Kunde seems to be one of those players that does actually look to do that, yes. whether it's through him carrying the ball through midfield or with his passing. And um, he's still young enough. He's 24. Is he 24? He's 24, yeah. He's, 24, yeah. he's, still, 24. he's still only 24. So he, he certainly has uh, time on his side to go to the next level. Um, so who knows? I can I just, imagine uh, him playing alongside someone, someone like Sir Bitzer. At, at Leipzig, I could really imagine him doing that. I can imagine him playing in the Premier League fourth quarter like Newcastle. This would be a typical 
transfer, you know. The Newcastles and the Evertons of this world, they're buying like, I don't know, not that good players from the Bundesliga for horrendous amount of money yet. So. <laughs> I just remember Gibamar for, I don't know, 30 million, 25 million last summer. Mm. Or uh, back then, Demba Sisse for, uh, for 15 million, yeah. where 15 million were quite amount. Or Okazaki with Leicester for 10 million. From, uh, well, it was worth it whoa, because whoa, he got whoa. champion. Okazaki yeah. won it. <laughs> Okazaki won, won the league, yeah, the yeah, league yeah. mate, is an absolute baller. Don't, don't, but, but who was what's your mouth out, son? Say that, didn't, who, was the, who was the lad that Liverpool signed uh, in, in the January transfer window? Or was that, was that, was that from, uh, Salzburg? from Salzburg? Yeah, for Minamino. Minamino, not Minamino. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Honestly, <laughs> in, in a moto, he's played for Arsenal, Christ. Um, who, else, who else was going down there? Ah, Dusseldorf. Let's talk about Dusseldorf. Um, Dusseldorf to um, Hoffenheim to um, before the game. I'm thinking this Hoffenheim win is obvious. Um, the first goal came from Henning, lovely header, one nil. Um, Hubner, he felt like he should have had a penalty on eight minutes when he was when he was taken down inside the box, and I think his frustration ran into the corner, which was awarded just after, and he elbowed um, Khan Ihan and um, got a straight red for it on nine minutes. Um, it was a goal line scramble after Scott's free kick, which allowed Dabor to get the equaliser. Zuba made it 2-1 um, after a lovely square ball from Scott. Uh, and then Havar Norvait, uh, ex-Arsenal, um, his trip on Eric Tommy, uh, Eric Tommy gave the penalty away and, and, and Henning got his second goal of the game. Um... Hoffenheim, they are in and around that European spot for the Europa League. Wolfsburg won today, uh, which puts them back in sixth spot. But who do you think, um, I'm not sure what to go to first, we'll go to Alex first. Um, who do you think will get that sixth spot? Do you reckon it'll be Hoffenheim? Would it be Wolfsburg? Or do you think someone else might be able to cheekily get away with it? Uh, I would think Wolfsburg will, uh, will will get that spot because to me they're in a little bit of form mm. uh, there, and Hoffenheim have been a bit up and down. Mm-hmm. So it's been generally tending towards a better form. And in specific to this game, if I was a Dusseldorf uh, player, anyone associated with the club, so managers, fans, etc., I would be a little bit aggrieved at this game because I feel like Hoffenheim kind of did a smash and grab on them on this. Yeah. Uh, Dusseldorf had all the play. I know that probably owes as much to the red card that was given. Um, it's an early red but, card though, isn't it? Because like it, when you receive an early yeah. red card, you are able, you've got enough time to, to readjust Re- and... Yeah, reorganise, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, Dusseldorf will feel like that was definitely an opportunity missed to put a bit of daylight between them and uh, Berta Bremen. Um, and certainly catch up on minds above them, mm. uh, if, if, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when you're down. They're down there for a reason. You know, they're not good enough to beat teams or certainly score enough goals to win games. And, yeah, uh, Hoffenheim took advantage of that. Yeah, but, well, yeah. Dusseldorf are really scrapping around down there. Flo, what do you think about Dusseldorf's chances of survival and, and Hoffenheim's chances of getting into into Europe because also we're going to talk about some Pokal football later on today and if Bayern Munich or, or Bayern Leverkusen go on and win 
the um, go on and win the Pokal, seventh place will then be given to Europa League spot. But let's provide him that it doesn't and Saarbrook can come out of nowhere and win it. Um, what, are the, what, what are your chances? What are you thinking of the chances of who's going to finish sixth spot and what are your thoughts on Dusseldorf surviving flow? Well, of course, uh, first of all, Saarbrücken can't win the semi-final because it's against my club. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Alex that uh, I guess Wolfsburg will finish sixth. They have a strong squad and they seem a little seem to have a little bit stabilized at the moment. So I believe they will uh, finish before offline because they are just like, I don't know, they're always surprising every match. You can't bet on them. Mm. Yeah, so I'm glad that. Wolfsburg 6, Hoffenheim 7, but Hoffenheim in the Europa League due to the Cup uh, final. For, for, for when Bayer Leverkusen win it, yeah, yeah. nice. Um, let's, um, let's, um, <laughs> let's talk about Leipzig, because Leipzig keep fluffing their lines and it's actually quite embarrassing now. Um, Leipzig won, Paderborn won, that was a Saturday game. Um, I found something weird about this game. Schick scored with his feet. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Yeah, and Werner made an assist. That also doesn't very happen. That doesn't happen very often. Very, very <laughs> true. Um, so yeah, you know assist, that was actually the first thing I wrote down as well. Werner <laughs> assist, Schick finish. Um, weird seeing him score with his feet. Um, Upper Meccano showing a little bit of immaturity. He was already on a yellow card. And he's given away a free kick, which I feel was a little bit soft, but then he's kicked the ball away. Yeah. Um, it's not very, it's not a, a very smart move from Abumakano. And it's, it, you know, it, it, it put his team on, on the back foot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, go on, go on, it's not so what, we're, what we're used from him because he usually is uh, one of the top five defenders or centre backs in, in Bundesliga, I would say. And uh, there's no, uh, there are many reasons that many clubs want him in Europe. Yes, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, a fee for 60 million, you can change for 60 million, you can change the club. Yeah, I don't know if someone pays it with uh, Corona, but those 60 millions would have been quite uh, a good price for a player of his age and his qualities. So this uh, behavior really doesn't fit. Uh, to what we've seen from Upamecano during the last years. Well, he's only don't 20 years happens. old. He's yeah. 20, you know, so those sort of things will happen. And with a bit of with a bit of uh, maturity, a bit of experience, he won't be doing those sort of silly things. But he's a great defender. I'm not denying that. But when you're on a yellow card, you can't be kicking the ball away. I think it's a really silly thing to be doing. Um, Leipzig, despite being down to 10 men, could have won the game on a number of occasions. One in particular um, was was Werner, where he was one-on-one. -on -one he should have made it two. It was Collins' poor back pass. And he was one-on-one with goalkeeper. You don't think he showed much uh, composure, uh, composure, which is crazy, which is crazy for someone who's got 20 goals in the Bundesliga so far this season. And just before that, Olmo forced a fantastic save from Zingerla, the goalkeeper for Paderborn. But Paderborn, despite being bottom of the league, they found a way of getting a result. But it's all in vain, don't you think, Alex? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the uh, table now. I'll get the table so, back up for the viewers. 
Yeah, get the table back up for the viewers. And then, well, eight points adrift of Dusseldorf, and that's still in the relegation playoff zone. They need 12... Yeah, well, they need to win all of their remaining games and minds to lose all of them and hope that Dusseldorf and uh, Werder Bremen don't pick up any points either for them to uh, survive. And considering that Paderborn have won four games all season, I think it's it's quite likely they are getting relegated. uh, I mean, you've got to be a, a staunch optimist to believe that, yeah. <laughs> that they'll be able to survive for Paderborn. It's, 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 that, it's, it's that classic meme of the Arsenal guy in the uh, in the show where he's looking up going, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm okay. That sort of, that sort oh, of thing. Isn't God, it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, they just don't have enough quality. End of the day, that's it. It's very true, very true. But Leipzig, at home, home, they are shocking. shocking. However, However, their away form brilliant brilliant they've just drawn too many games Leipzig have just drawn too many games they just can't finish their chances that's the problem we've lost six games at home that's terrible form they were top at Christmas they should be the team that are champions elect but their home form has let them down but their away form has been brilliant they've got the best away record in in the Bundesliga shows an over reliance on Werner for me because if he doesn't quite if he's not quite at it then they then they look. They don't really see. I don't really see who else is going to get the goals for them. Well, if, if the ball's not um, in the air, like I think Schick scored like one goal with his feet in his whole career, and that was on Saturday. <laughs> uh, because the game during the week, Monday night's game, which is arguably the best game we've seen since the restart, is yeah. Cologne yeah. two, Leipzig four, um, and Schick scored with his head. So there you go. Um, it's like Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill always scored with his head, and it was always oh, a rarity. Yeah. To see him score and this and he, weren't, he, weren't, he weren't much taller than me either, which is brilliant. Um, Cordoba scored the opening goal for Cologne, and then he went off injured very shortly after, which was a shame. Chick header, shock. Um, the second <laughs> goal for Leipzig was beautiful. Lovely move, great move. And Kunku, who was a reject. At PSG, got the uh, uh, took them two one up, and then Gulax, uh, the goalkeeper for um, Galaxy, the goalkeeper for uh, for Leipzig, one long ball straight into Werner's path, bang three one, game over. No, because Modest had different ideas, and I'm I'm now confused and thinking which goal was better. Modeste's goal on Monday night against Cologne, because he's hit that from about 25 yards out, or the goal today, because of the technique involved in it. Uh, Flo, which one do you think is the best goal between from Modeste? Uh, since I've just seen uh, today's match and not Monday night's match, I would have to say uh, it was today's. <laughs> oh, Flo! I actually agree with Flo. The, the, the difficulty of today's strike was better than the one on Monday. Nothing to take away from Monday. We all love a long-range, a long-range uh, shot uh, ending in a goal. But his technique today, the margin of error was so small. Um. 
and he, uh, yeah, compared to the one that he did on on Monday, so that for me is why I'd say today's goal was better. I think I'm just going to flip a coin because I I, just, <laughs> I don't know. Um, almost scored a lovely goal as well, literally a couple of minutes later, um, which made it four two. And then yeah, Modest in that game on Monday, literally just he missed he missed a couple of sitters, which was a shame, and um, because he did all the all the right things, but he just couldn't. He couldn't put it in the back of the net, and 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 he ruined it for him, which was which was a big shame. Um, Friday night's game uh, saw Freiburg, uh, Freiburg pick up a massive victory in their pursuit for Europe because Freiburg, if they come seventh, you know, and and another team gone and, and, and who's already in Europe win win the Pokal, it's Freiburg that are within a shout for for getting in into a Europa League spot, and I don't think they would have even dreamt of getting there. At the beginning of the season, uh, Friday night's game, Freiburg won, Borussia Mönchengladbach nil. We were talking about Umpa uh, Meccano earlier on today, showing a little bit of immaturity. Alessand Player is a 27-year-old man, and he was on a yellow card. And the first yellow card was for kicking the ball away. He didn't need to kick the ball away. I don't understand his reasoning behind it. And I've been listening to, to various news sources, in particular talk sport. I love a little bit of talk sport when I'm in the, in the car and driving. And I, I, I heard Stuart Pearce say that Alisson Player's red card was harsh because of his second challenge. Now, the second challenge is that like Alisson Player, he has denied, hasn't denied an obvious goal scoring opportunity by any way, shape, or form, but he's denied a clear opportunity for Freiburg to go on the break and he'd already had two or three fouls in between there so it's a tot in that process so that's why he's got the red card for me what we all have you guys seen enough of that game did you think that the red card was harsh in your opinions I saw the, the whole game and um, the red cards from my point of view absolutely correct as you already said there were a couple of fouls and this foul was an absolutely yellow card foul. So mm. if you are booked before and you act like this, it's your own mistake. And as you said, he's 27 year old. The only thing I was wondering about is that uh, he's so good with Turam on the pitch that they didn't leave together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, how, how lost did Marcus Turam look? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know the, um, the gif of... Is it... Is it um, is it, is it Nicolas Cage or like there's a gift when like he's standing around he's looking around for someone he can't oh that's um, John Travolta John Travolta bloody Nicolas Cage <laughs> how many films do you watch Gav? zero uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he's literally standing around going where is oh, where's what's going on and that's exactly <laughs> what Marcus Saran did from that moment from 67 minutes onwards he he didn't he didn't even touch the ball did he <laughs> Oh, God. The first goal, uh, well, the only goal of the game came from Peterson. Peterson was actually dropped for this game because he hadn't scored any goals in his last 11 <laughs> appearances. And very similar to Ilsanka, <laughs> he's literally come off the bench and is, is ran into the box ready for this free kick to come in. The free kick gets whipped in. Bam, there he is. Boss, 1-0. And, um, yeah, Freiburg, they are in a rather tidy position considering, you know, they're not, they're not the best team, are they? <laughs> He'd only just come on as well. It was only a couple of minutes prior that he'd actually come on to the field as well. Yeah, that's what I'm um, 
but yeah, sorry, I didn't catch your second bit you said there, mate. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so yeah, it literally just come on very similar to the Ilsanki situation. Ilsanki situation. Uh, and uh, uh, and yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's come on and he's got the win. But, but, but I felt that, that Mönchengladbach made a rod for their own back because the first half, they were all over Freiburg. And they had so many opportunities, but they were just so lame. The first... The, going through the thirds in with so much uh, arrogance, in a way, they look so comfortable. You know the way that Munchagaba can play football all season. It's been very, you know, they've been they've been keeping hold of the ball. They've been making little passes, making moves, and things like that. I would say that them and Leverkusen are the best football insides in the Bundesliga this season, and. But they just couldn't. They just couldn't get into that final third and do something of, of real merit, and that's where it all went wrong. Um, Flo, you watched the game, and um, what you, Munchgladbach, they 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 screwed it up for themselves, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. The first half was uh, was just a question of time when the goal could have fallen or mm. could have been fallen, but it didn't. And the second half reminded me a little of the uh, match a week before in Freiburg Friday night, Leverkusen against Freiburg. Because both teams were really struggling and suffering, Gladbach in the second half, creating chances and uh, I don't know, being creative. But uh, Freiburg, in this case, just used their one chance they had, or the, the big chance they had. And uh, all of a sudden, there's a one little win for Freiburg, who would have been expected by uh, most of the fans and experts in the Bundesliga. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like Mönchengladbach. I think they're. As I said, Munchengladbach and, and Leverkusen, in my opinion, play the best football of, in, in the Bundesliga. There's Just the way they dominate possession, the way that they have just so much swagger and that level of arrogance when they have got the ball. But if you don't put it away, you, you, you're not going to win games. And, and Freiburg, the only way they would have scored would have been from a set piece and that's exactly where it came from um and yeah that's that's then um <clears throat> saturday game uh dortmund won hurts berlin nil this is the the evening game the only goal coming from emre chan after a lovely knockdown from from julian brandt and uh, it was the first time finish from emre chan alex we were talking about that game quite a lot together and um we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago about how toothless Dortmund look without Haaland. Why are they... I don't understand why they are focusing and putting all their pressure around one player when they've only had him since January. Um, I, I, I don't know either. I, I personally, I'm not a big fan of the coach. I feel he's a little bit negative and... For the players that Dortmund have at their disposal, I feel like they should be should should certainly be a bit more adventurous, rather than I feel like the manager Lucien Favre, if I've said that correctly, mm. um, is a little bit cautious for me. And when Dortmund step on the pitch, there's what seven, 18 teams in the league, so they'll face 17 opponents. 16, 15 of those opponents, they'll be better than them. They've got the better players. So play like it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't try and be too cute, be too clever. 
um, because you get you'll get it as it as it was here when you've got a striker like Haaland's ability, and then you put him in the team. The team kind of it's the Harry Kane syndrome that they have with Spurs, right? Except for there was that one brief moment where Spurs were better when, without Harry Kane for that moment. Yeah, last season, brilliant. yeah. <laughs> last season. But, but prior to that, Spurs were an infinitely worse side without Harry Kane in the team. Yeah. And it's because the way that the managers set them up was to gear all around that player. And fair enough, you want to build around your best players, but they've got they've got an absolute baller. Okay, he's not he's not a striker. But Jaden Sancho is on a different level to anybody in that in, in, on that field yesterday for me, and it, it, they Dortmund don't score that goal without uh, Jaden Sancho doing what he, he earlier in the move he he had two players on him and without even touching the ball he it was a couple of shoulder feints and he bought himself two yards of space and he was the one who then clipped the ball into Julian Brandt for the knockdown. Um, yeah. And he just kept, he just keeps finding it as little pockets of space, and he, he doesn't really stick to the wing. He doesn't stick to the right. He doesn't stick to the left. He's he's kind of floating across. All, he's very uh, floats across all of, sort of all three positions behind the striker, and he, he shouldn't be forgotten uh, alongside Haaland there. Um, but I I don't like Favre. I, I, he he's a bit too negative for me. He reminds me a little bit of Unai Emery, and, <laughs> I, uh, and you know, you know my feelings on Unai Emery. Very so. true, Flo. What do you think uh, of that game and uh, Dortmund? Yeah, it was uh, a quite quite a close game because we have one of the best teams after Corona breakdown playing against each other. Yes, <clears throat> and uh, that Dortmund doesn't score that many goals. Kind of, uh, it's definitely is connected uh, to Haaland. But um, <clears throat> as Alex pointed out, Favre is kind of a little. Uh, yeah, he's not that. He's not a manager you can win championship with. I got the impression. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. There's there's no need for Dortmund to be playing three centre halves. There is no need for that. Yeah. At all. Yeah, they could have easily played four at the back and still allowed their like Hakimi and Guerrero to bomb forwards. There's no reason. I don't understand. Exactly, exactly. Because when you play three centre halves, it means somewhere else in the pitch you don't have a, a more forward-thinking player. When you bring, when you take out one of those centre halves, you go four at the back. You can then get in a player who can be a bit more progressive. And I, I just, I just don't like it. I don't like it. it it's not the Antonio Conte um, three at the back. Uh, where David Luiz, when you had him, even though you had him as one of the centre halves, he was he was is progressive. Your ball carrier, he was a progressive. He's he's almost your defensive midfielder. Midfielder. What's, he, what's he, the, was, uh, he was a Matthias Sammer. He was he was yeah. Matthias Sammer, Franz Beckenbauer. What the Italians like to call the libero, libero right? Try and get that tactic on a football manager. Oh, um, so that is but, me. Um, I love there's to no, remember there's... Matthias Summer. Oh, mate, don't even watch me. <laughs> honestly, like, I, I, my, my, my night is football knowledge is strong, honestly. <laughs> didn't Matthias Summer, didn't he win uh, Ballon d'Or one year? I'm sure he did, didn't he? That's a good question, actually. I believe he was a uh, Europe I, I, I'm pretty certain. Year. 
If anyone's uh, watched uh, it, 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 it might have been European Football of the Year when Dortmund won the Champions League. In Germany, we don't have any Ballon d'Or winners. We have like Lothar Matthäus, I believe, in 1990. Yes. And maybe Beckenbauer, but no one else, I don't know, was Ballon d'Or in Germany. We are one of the squad country. We have a good squad. Yeah. I mean, we all know that Ballon d'Or is a Spanish trophy anyway. It means nothing to us over here. And the other game, the boss, the other game, the last game that we'll, we'll really cover. We, it's funny because we always leave Bayern to last because we, <laughs> because we always we already know the outcome. But it could have been very like German TV. German TV does the same. You know, we have a goal show on German TV, and always Bayern is the last match that all the uh, people continue watching the show. <laughs> yeah, to watch it, yeah, that's why it's the end to see what's going on with Bayern. But like to be fair. Is involving Flo, and Flo works for, works for uh, Bayern Leverkusen, if you don't know already. Uh, so, hey, look, let's talk about it. And it could have been a whole different story as well. So, uh, Bayern Leverkusen 2, Bayern Munich 4, goals from Alario, who's, who stood in, in in place of Kai Havertz, who was a shock to be missed out of the of the lineup to many a British, uh, British fan. Um, but I, I understand that he's carrying a slight muscle injury. Um... Other goals came from uh, came from Kingsley Conan, excuse me, uh, Leon Goretzka, Serge Gnabry, and um, Shock Lewandowski scored. Imagine that Lewandowski scoring a goal, and at the end, um, Vets. But we're going to talk about Vets a little bit later on. Um, but the first ten minutes, it was quite an open game, and then Leverkusen take the lead. Very close on the offside, by the way, as well. I, I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought he was going to rule it out, but he, he allowed the goal to to stand. So did the Munich players. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, um, what, what did you think of the opening opening ten fifteen minutes and the shape that that Leverkusen were, were playing? It was uh, quite okay. They they seem to have found a, a good balance before the match, and um, of course, Bayern Munich was was dangerous, but. We had like with our counter attacks and with our wings, we had we had some good positions on the pitch, and I was quite surprised that uh, we scored uh, such an early goal, but it was tenth minute or something like that. Mm. So the, the match seemed to develop in a in a good uh, direction for Leverkusen, but um, with the one one, it absolutely changed, and uh, I don't know what happened in the heads of the players then, but they they throw away the match in the last five minutes before halftime when you concede there was. Uh, Two really silly goals from Goretzka and uh, later on from from Gnabry, who should have scored a goal just a, a minute before. Should have scored, definitely. Um, Goretzka's goal. I'm quite disappointed in the goalkeeper because I didn't think the shot was uh, shot really had much power behind it. It was a good run. Don't get me wrong. But what we were alluding to, um, if you don't know, if you're watching this show for the first time, um, between us and the two at Top Family, we have a WhatsApp group and we're always talking within the group. And we were really confused as to why Bayer Leverkusen were playing such a high line and also why they appeared to be playing five at the back, because it weren't three at the back at all, it was five at the back after they took the lead. Um, can you give us a little insight on that flow at all? And that's a little bit of uh, of Peter Boss' idea of playing football. You know, he always likes to play with with a very high high defense. 
to to win the ball and immediately go forward and maybe uh, score a goal in a counter attack. But against uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, that's 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 boss. He's always he has his idea and he uh, he follows this idea. It doesn't matter against who you would play. If you would play against I don't know Liverpool or Barcelona or someone like that, he would play the same style. Wow. He was a little bit. We have a little bit. We had a little bit more balance with Baumgartlinger on the uh, in the centre midfield because he's rather the kind of player he, who um, who's there for uh, defensive work on that position compared to Demirbay, for example. But um, yeah, this this was boss kind of balance. But he will always be a coach whose team attacks and whose team is very uh, very high, mm. so has very high defense. Yeah, um, Bayern Munich. They are they're champions elect. We all know this. Um, it's not very often that we go to the comments actually uh, during the during like, the, the review show as such. But I have to read this comment out and. I have to go with him. It's not very often that I agree with a Tottenham fan. I know this guy personally. He's comment, Ian Colwell, thank you very much for watching the show. Um, he watched the Bayern game as well. He said, Munich looked so strong. Where do you think they would end if they were playing in the Premier League? His personal opinion is top. I, I, this, on, this season's, on this season, especially under Hansen Flick, and I look at their squad depth, they are way deeper in the pocket than a Man City, than a Liverpool, they would win. I, 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 if the Champions League does finish this season, they will win the treble this year, in my opinion. Sorry, Flo. I know, I know, we're going to talk about Pokal in a couple of minutes and that, but I can't, I can't see where Bayern have weaknesses. Yes, they can see goals, but they'll score a shed load at the other end. I would say if Bayern would play in the Premier League, they would be champions often, but not always, as it is in Germany, and not this year, because uh, obviously this year Liverpool is just on another level. And if you see Bayern has I don't know seventy points, we had years in Germany where they had uh, to, at that point maybe already eighty points, so mm. uh, they're not that good that year. And that this is from my point of view because their weaknesses are in the defense. Sometimes they are. Some players are a little slow, not uh, Alfonso Davis, who is a rocket, of yeah. course, but um, I don't know, Hernandez, Boateng, uh, Boateng's best days are over, Hernandez is quite overrated for me at the moment, and um, I can imagine that the Premier League, who has very many, very fast players mm. in the teams, that this would be a problem for, for Munich, as we've seen it last year in the Champions League, it was Round of uh, sixteen. Yeah, well, when they yeah, when Liverpool they, they when they faced Liverpool they, with with Mane and uh, and Salah, they had huge problems. Alex, yeah, I, I um I agree with Flo. Um, they would they would probably win the title. They would be they would they would win it. I'd I'd put them on the level with Chelsea in terms of that's how often they would win the title. I'd say uh, they would be constant. They would be constant challengers, definitely. But the a the extra game. You've got to remember there'll be four extra games that they'll be that they'll be uh, they'd have to play. There'd be no winter break, and uh, I think the level of competition is a little bit higher in the Premier League than it is in the Bundesliga. Yeah. And it's just taken a freak season from Liverpool, obviously that they've gone so far ahead of everybody else. But 
I, I don't think that Bayern would win the Premier League this year. Fair enough. Um, I, but... I, I just think I just think that they would get beaten more often than they would do uh, than than they than they think. I think. Fair enough. Um, there is um, one moment which is uh, history that being made, uh, and that's Vietz. And I'm uh, just going to put the graphic on the screen for everybody to see. And if you're listening to the show, well, tough. You're going to have to watch this back on YouTube so you can see what's <laughs> happening here. Uh, and uh, Vietz is now the youngest ever goal scorer in Bundesliga history at 17 years old, one month and three days. He's taken over Nuri Sahin's record, um, who was the, the record holder um, since the, the 25th or the, sorry, the 26th of November 2005, when he scored after, well, he was only 17 years old, two months and 21 days. So I'll look, I'll look at the future of of Leverkusen, not just Leverkusen actually, I look at the future of Bundesliga footballers. There's a lot of very, very good young talent coming through. Do you reckon you'll be able to keep hold of Wirtz and, you know, like Havertz? Like, he ain't exactly old, is he? Ah, Havertz, 20 years old and exactly. uh, 17 years old. But it's very important for German football that there's now again a young generation mm. who's up to come because we had like the 2014 world champion generation with uh, Schweinsteiger, Podolski, Klose, I don't know, Müller, who are all were all growing old and um, left the hole and this hole couldn't be filled properly compared to the, uh, the players before. And now maybe in a couple of years, five or six years, Germany will have mm -hmm. a squad again, which is uh, really... Um, a runner, runner up for world champion. He's mm. all those young players. I don't know. Definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, Alex just uh, popped away and he's coming back. back. Where is he? There he is. Welcome, Welcome back to the show. Back to the show. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I had a slight internet problem. You guys were being. Don't on. worry about it. We're going to talk some pokal now. So if you only want to watch the Bundesliga review show, I just. Before we did jump into, I just wanted to ask a question for Flo. Actually, before we jump any further. Where where do you think uh, Leverkusen going to finish? Because I'm looking at the table again right now, and you and Munchen, Munchen Gladbach have exactly the same record, okay? Uh, except they've got a better goal difference, and I believe they beat you on head to head as well. So both of you are on 56 points, and you're vying for that last Champions League spot. Do you think that Leverkusen will get that last Champions League spot, or do you think Munchen Gladbach will uh, will pip you to that? <laughs> bearing in mind that much of Gladbach have got by next week however they won't have Muller and they won't have um, Lewandowski because they're both suspended next week but Munch and Gladbach won't have Alisson player, and we both know that Thuram is lost without him so which which play which plays in Leverkusen's hands Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Flo, you, you you're optimistic that uh, Leverkusen can can get it over the line and, and get that last Champions League spot.
Very, very <laughs> true. Now, um, it's um, so I was going to run through the fixtures uh, for next week, and then if you are no longer interested in the pokal, I'll let you guys go. But in the meantime, um, you guys that are watching and listening, by the way, um, so this is still the Bundesliga part. Uh, Friday night is Hoffenheim versus Leipzig. Now Hoffenheim, they're chasing that that sixth spot, but Leipzig are away from home, so I'm sure that they'll be fine. Um, Saturday's games, the the two thirty games are. Uh, Wolfsburg versus Freiburg, Dusseldorf versus Dortmund, uh, Hertz Berlin versus Eintracht Frankfurt, and FC Köln versus uh, Union Berlin. And then the oh, uh, Paderborn versus Bremen, which is a giant game. I'm actually gonna pay more attention <laughs> to that game than anywhere else. Yeah. And then Saturday night's game, well, say night game, it's the evening game, is Bayern Munich versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, which we just spoke about a couple of moments ago. And then there's two games on Sunday next week, uh, which is Mainz versus Augsburg, and then Schalke versus Leverkusen. And if Schalke win that game, oh my God, I am going to rip <laughs> the living life out of you, Flo, and I don't think I'll be able to keep myself serious throughout <laughs> Show next week. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, I would expect it to. Uh, now. It's a quick quick question for both of you actually so we just obviously spoke about uh, the battle between Gladbach and Leverkusen for that last Champions League spot do you think in this instance it's better to play second or play first because uh, I don't think it makes any difference this is this no? what wound me up. This what wound me up last year. Liverpool were going on about oh we would have won the title last year if we were able to play in this position no you've got to play your game you know when your game is why are you focused on what the other people are doing? Go and go out there and do the job in hand. You're just making excuses, personally. Flo? Right, so um, the Pokal. So let's talk about that. A uh, couple of fixtures that are happening this week. FC Salzbrücken um, versus Bayer Leverkusen. That is on Tuesday night at 7.45, the kickoff of that game. And then on Wednesday night in the Pokal semi-final as well is Bayern Munich versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Um there are a couple of routes that that teams took. Um, let's go with Bayern Munich. I'll put that on the screen there. So, so not Bayern Munich, Bayern Leverkusen. Sorry. So, um, round one beat Alemannia Aachen four-one uh, away. Then beat Paderborn at home. Stuttgart two-one, and then Bayern Leverkusen in the in the quarterfinals um, beat Union Berlin three-one. Um, it's not exactly going to be the easiest game of all time, but I can see you guys being able to do a decent job.
in the world. You'll, you'll just be human in the world because they're, they're, what, they're, what are they? Su- the, the Sudwest Regional League, they're in the fourth tier of German football. I'm just going to run through their, um, through their uh, route very quickly uh, and then we'll, we'll go deep into that game. So there you go. Um, oh, uh, let's move that out of the way. There you go. Um, so yeah, Saarbrück and they, um, they beat um, Jan Regensburg in the first round back in August, 3-2. Uh, they beat FC Cologne <laughs> as well. Yes, they did. Yeah, they love it exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be third time lucky for them. So uh, and they and they beat Karlsruhe, uh, who were a big side. I remember Thomas Hessler used to play for Karlsruhe back in the day. Um, and that was they beat them five three on penalties in February, and then they beat Fortuna Düsseldorf in, in March. Um, it was one all in in the game, but they actually um, won eight seven. On penalties, went to extra uh, to, to sudden death in that as well. So Saarbrücken, the the unknown, they are in and around it. They could get a result. It could be naughty, you know. Well, here, I, my question is: Have they been playing football in the fourth tier of German football, or did they uh, end the season early with that one? Yes. Yeah, it's all going to be brand new for them. Very true. Uh, Bayern Munich, uh, they have got uh, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, on Wednesday night. And um, let's have a look at their route quickly. Bayern Munich, um, they started it off in in August, um, a 3-1 away win against Energie Cottbus. Uh, they beat um, Bochum as well, uh, 2-1, who um, Eric Wijnalder used to play for way back in the day, uh, Bochum. Um, Bayern Munich, they won 4-3 at home to Hoffenheim. And then uh, in, in March, it was a 1-0 away win against Schalke. Shock, Schalke. Um, and then... <laughs> Then you've got uh, Frankfurt's run. There you go. There it's on the screen for everybody. Um, Frankfurt away to uh, Waldorf Mannheim, 5-3. So very interesting game there back in August. Um, the second round saw them win 2-1 against San Pauli, the rock star team, I like to call them. And then they beat uh, Leipzig 3-1 at home in February. And Leipzig are runners-up of the competition from last season. They lost 3-0 in the final last year against Bayern Munich. And then uh, Werder Bremen, the only hope that they had of mixing things up a little bit in their shocking season. Uh, they, they they couldn't get a victory against Frankfurt. And yeah, it's that is the the final lineup. So, uh, the semi-final lineup. So, my prediction... I'm going with Bayer Leverkusen and, and Bayern Munich. It's it sounds really basic, but I can't see I can't see Bayern losing to Frankfurt again in a pokal.
And then, Alex, like, we know what it's like in the FA Cup in particular, you know, cup upsets, cup sets, they call them over here. Can you see anything different happening? Can you can you see, you know, it's a one-off game. It's one-off game, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I can't remember. I can't. How do you pronounce uh, Leverkusen's opponents again? Is it Scarbrook? Uh, uh, Saarbrücken. Oh, Saarbrücken. Zabrukin, okay. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, it just made it so tough for them to even have a chance. But as as they as as Flo said, they they haven't played any competitive or any type of football in three months, and to go from that into a cold playing against a German Bundesliga team, it's who, who are more, be a slapping, it's just, isn't it? It's it's just such a tall order. Um, I mean, because they're it's not just the fact that they've got worse players; it's just their fitness is going to be completely out of it um, compared to Leverkusen. So, as much as I would love to be, uh, I'd love to see the uh, 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 Sean Zarbrucken on track Frankfurt uh, Pokal final, and the odds you'd get on that. Would be <laughs> oh my god! I'll tell you what, Alex. I'll tell you what. If one of that's happened, why don't you bet? On... I'll put Leverkusen by me. Yeah, and I'll just go the opposite. We'll put it in the two <laughs> top fund. Um, there's a GoFundMe link. I'm oh, joking, by the way. Um, right, so <laughs> you've been watching, you've been watching two at top, the, the, the Game Day 30 review, the Bundesliga review, myself, Gav Mack, Alex Osborne, and Flo Wolfram. You'll be able to catch up on all our stuff. And tomorrow night... We have got a show and a half. It's a documentary slash interview with myself and the legend that is John Sitton, ex Leighton Orient manager, ex Chelsea player, ex Millwall. Bring your dinner because you'll need it. And I'll just need to let you know that parental advisory must be advised on tomorrow's show as well. And then on Thursday, we have got our top fives. As you know, always myself, Gav Mack, with Alex Osborne, and we'll be with with Stephen Buck on Thursday night. But gents, thank you very much for the show tonight, and thank you everybody for watching, or you might have been listening uh, via Anchor.fm/tuft. But from me and the boys, thank you, and good night.